from day one once I learned that principle, started tithing. And I used to look at my money different, right? I used to think, um, here's my check, and be like, I used to look at, at what I had here first, and then once this was done, then let me see what I had left over. So I had it. I never had enough. So I said, okay, then that's, that, 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 that right there is not working for me. So then I'd get my check, take care of God, and then look at what I had, and then look at what I'm going to do with it. I had to do it like that. Sometimes people got it. Sometimes some didn't. They got away a little bit. But it worked out. And um, I was telling her about this little Nissan I had. Little Nissan truck, you know. Um, I used to have a lot of stuff back in the day. And when I went from a, you know, huge, huge house in Sugarland, driving a, had an old school toy truck, had a nice Cadillac, had all kinds of toys. And then I go from that, I'm, hey, Dad, can I come back and live with you? And I'm living at my dad's house, driving his 1985 Chevy Celebrity. <laughs> it was a very humbling experience. But I kept on, regardless of what I was going through in my personal life, I kept on doing what I was doing. So for me to get this Nissan truck was like, I know I don't care all the big cars I had. Man, look at that little bitty Nissan. It was going to be mine. Like, as a saved person, I was going to get this under my name. And so I went and I laid hands on it. Anyways, long story short, I did some things. I shouldn't have done my finances and mismanaged and I gave the truck back. I remember I sat in the parking lot because I know God gave it to me. And I had to return it. And I sat there and I, was t- I had tears in my eyes. And I said, man, I'm sorry, God, because I have um, not been a good steward of what you've given me. But I'm going to be right and I'm going to give it back. And I gave it back. But don't you know that God, all of a sudden, right, he even makes my mistakes prosper. I don't exactly know how it went down. But, man, I had the money because to get it back, you got to pay for it all. So God uh, provided the finances to I went back and picked up my little Nissan, paid it all off. i never forget when I was walking up there off of a Beltway 8 somewhere to go get my title. I'm like, man, God, I got the title of the truck, you know. And then years went on, and I drove that truck, mismanaged some finances again. Then I had to, you know, do something with it and let it go. But he's always kept us. So, anyways. We have a part, yeah. Anyhow, part two of today, we're going to talk about fear. Yep, overcoming your fear to give money. Now I'm playing. Fear, man, it's been so good, Pastor. You know, it's like we went from this... um, um, development series and you know um, for me for what it's been for me it's because me and my wife when we're teaching it and we're preaching it you know and just because you guys ain't teaching or preaching I guarantee it you're teaching or preaching somebody right your kids at work yourself and so y'all got to be in it too Uh, right now we're talking about fear so while we're talking about fear for this next few weeks you know, like I've said before, kind of think about that as you're out and you're every day at work and think about things like that. Think about what you're going to learn. So today, as I was studying in fear, man, I'm excited and I'm going to try to get through it all so y'all can get all of it quickly. Um, but I think we have enough time. But um, so I, I was thinking about fear and with the thought of fear in mind, you know, um, I, 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 at one point I want to think that I need to like have no fear at all. But actually, some fear is good, right? 
there's a, there, there can be a, a good fear and there can be a bad fear. Good fear, it protects us, right? So fear is designed to keep us safe and, and it makes us aware of certain things, right? Um, uh, there's a fan turning. Um, I'm kind of fearful of missing my fingers, so I don't want to stick it in there, right? <laughs> That's good fear, right? I might mess that up. But, but then you got the bad emotion that will creep up on you, that fear that can sometimes limit us. Right? From becoming greater than we are. From going to the next level. From stepping out in faith. From, and us, you know, we have to think about faith because of who we are. You know, all of us here in this room, I know everybody, and we're all Christians, and we all serve the God. And so we live a life as Christians, a life of faith. Right? And so, so trusting God, whew, that's a fear you got to overcome. To trust God. That sounds stupid, right? But that's a fear. I'm sure when I came into Alex's life, he had to... Trust in Ben. When mama was gone and him and his sister stayed home by, my, by themselves with me, they didn't know this dude. And so he had to at one point, man, is he going to hurt us? Is he going to do I remember one time, and I didn't understand this, Sherry, but I remember one time he says, uh, we, were, we were somewhere and um, I can't think of where we were. And uh, mama was at work. Elizabeth and I were with me. I don't remember where we were at. But I didn't, I didn't go far or nothing. And then all of a sudden, they, they come around looking at me. You should have seen their faces like they were scared. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? Y'all ready? I'm here. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, we thought you were going to leave us. I'm like, what? They didn't know me yet. They didn't have that trust in me where they can say, I trust Ben ain't going to never leave us. Now, they're good. But back then, he had a trust. He thought I was going to leave him. I remember another time, uh, and it just really happened with Alex. I think he had some kind of something going on there. Because another time I dropped him off somewhere, and he came, Ben, you're going to pick us up, right? But you're going to come and pick us up? I said, yeah, little man, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to come back. I got you. I'm going to pick you up. And so he had to overcome that, you know? So it's like us with, with our Heavenly Father, right? We have to really just like, okay, God, whew, man, I don't see you, but I'm going to trust you. Because that's what it is. It's so easy to trust Somebody, it's so easy to trust. Well, I trust Pastor. Pastor, listen, I'm struggling with this, but man, can you help me out? It's easy to trust the man that I can feel and touch and hug, and but it's hard to trust the God who we don't we don't see. It's hard, ain't it? I ain't the only one. It's hard, man. So fear can sometimes paralyze us and keep us from becoming better. Right? It's up to us to choose. What we're going to follow and what we're going to give into when this emotion of fear rises up inside of us. All right. So, would you, all of you guys, would anyone in here like to know how to overcome fear? Not the fear that protects us and keeps us safe. Not the good emotion, but, but that one, that one that grips us, the one that stops us from becoming greater. Anybody in here? Yeah. I was going to wait to the end of it, but I'm going to go on and give you all the answer now. So anyways, if anybody's got something to do and y'all can leave, y'all got the answer. <laughs> now I'm playing. All right. So here it is. In order to overcome that fear, y'all ready? We must be vulnerable. What? Vulnerable. When I saw this, I did that school we do. <laughs> you know? So see, now, now y'all can't leave because you're like, what? Ben's tripping. How are you going to be vulnerable? So I sat myself today and as I was studying, man, I was thinking about fear and I thought, what's the opposite of fear? 
So, what's the opposite of fear? Just somebody just, there's one word that I'm looking for, but, but just give me some answers. Luciano, what's the opposite of fear? What is it? Brave. Brave, that's a good one. JV? Fearless. Okay, that one's great. Courageous. That's the one I was looking for. The opposite of fear. Courageous. That, that makes sense, right? So, man, I got to be courageous. I got to have a lot of courage. Versus, no, I don't want to. I'm, I'm afraid. That makes sense, right? That's the opposite of fear. So, here it is, y'all. Courage. Man, this is so cool. How, how You get into reading words sometimes, man, and I'm like, man, I was just blown away by this stuff here. So, the word courage, the root word for the word courage is core. Like cora, corazón, heart. The root word for the word courage is core, which is a Latin word for the word heart. In one of its earliest forms, when the word was first introduced into the English, English language, courage meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. In other words... To tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. Wholeheartedness. Ain't that something? Courage. To tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. A researcher by the name of Brene Brown puts it in another way. Vulnerability. So, looking at that, to be courageous means to be vulnerable. Vulnerable? Well, who wants to be vulnerable? I don't want to be vulnerable. Right? Vulnerable, to me, that makes me, that's, that's, that's showing weakness. Vulnerable, that's not heroic. Right? Who wants to be vulnerable? I mean, vulnerable, to me, that's going backwards. That's shrinking. If you ask me, that makes me look small and weak. Vulnerable. Who wants to be that? I don't want to be weak. I don't want to be small. But does it really make me look like that? Because the Bible says in John 3.30, it says that he must increase, therefore I must decrease. So is it really bad to be small? Not really, according to, to the way the Bible teaches us. Here are a few different ways that vulnerability might look to some. Vulnerability might look like having to say something hard but necessary and true. Vulnerability might look like someone seeing me cry. Well, I can't see them. They can't see me cry. Uh, ben, were you crying? No, I'm good. I'm good. I ain't crying. Good, man. I want to be tough. I want to be a tough guy, right? Vulnerability might look like I'm a Christian and I can't let me see. I can't let other people see me make mistakes. I'm, not, I'm a perfect person. I don't make mistakes. I'm perfect. Vulnerability might look like I'm a leader in my church, but vulnerability might look like I preach the word of God. Sometimes I preach, but sometimes. Vulnerability might look like I messed up. I'm sorry. I messed up. Or simply just saying, I need help. And because we refuse to have the courage to speak to somebody, we become at times someone that God never intended us to be. Doing things we've never imagined we'd get caught up in and doing. 
Listen, y'all, when I grew up, growing up, my dad, my mom, and anybody would ask me what I wanted to be, and I just wanted to be a police officer. I really did. I thought they were the coolest people. I mean, I still think they're great. I don't have nothing against the police officers. I don't care what nobody says. I don't. You know, I've had my, I've had, I've, heck, I've been beat up by them. I've, I've, I've had my share of uh, bad runnings with them, right? Jerry was there one time. But um, I don't hate them, you know. Um, I was in the wrong state of mind, so I was provoking also, you know. And, um, but I always wanted to be a police officer. Then, then somewhere along the lines by things that happened to me, you know, it, it, it caused me to shift. And therefore, all of a sudden, I'm not trying to be that weak dude. So in essence, the, the drug dealer guy, the tough guy that people would see, that was just a mirror. That was just an image. I was pretending to be somebody because of what was going on over here and because I was hiding this. Um, uh, basically, I was a broken little boy in this grown man's body trying to be the tough guy. Right? And so when I, as a kid, when I, when I refused to speak to people about what I was going through, it led me to do some things that I was never supposed to do. I should have opened up and talked to somebody about what I was going through. I should have got the help back then. But I didn't. That makes me look weak. Because I'm ashamed. You know? And so therefore, I get caught up in doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. Right? Vulnerability looks like us, watch this, willing to let go of who we think we should be in order to be who God says that we are. That's what vulnerability looks like. But in order for this to happen, we must be vulnerable and have the courage to face that thing, whatever that thing might be. That's got you locked up in that prison of fear. Fear of rejection, fear of being hurt, fear of pain, fear of failure. And the list goes on and on and on. Causing you to become someone in, someone that all along that nobody intended you to be. Burning that thing down inside of you. That's kind of what happened to me. I became somebody I was never supposed to be because I was burying that thing down inside. Right? So how, do, how does this work? This is what it looks like. Because I'm afraid of rejection, I'm not going to expose myself. And I'm not going to show them who I really am. I refuse to talk to somebody about what's really going on. Instead, I'll just sit here and be this tough guy. Or I'll just sit here and burn myself and work. Or for the ladies, I'll just smile behind this pretty face. And I'll just let everybody uh, look and, and see, make it look like I got it all together. I'll just bury myself in the office and sports with my kids in ministry. Hello? We can bury ourselves in ministry too. Not having it, not, not having it going good. We can bury ourselves in ministry. We can bury ourselves in work. I've been guilty of burying myself everywhere else because I didn't want to come to the house and face what I should have been facing. But if I'd have just had the courage to speak up and just say, "Hey, listen, we need to talk about something." But the truth is, I don't want, I don't want rejection. Who wants rejection? I don't want to get rejection. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to... Man, listen, I, 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 I believe that I had an opportunity at one point. Like, I believe God was trying to take me somewhere. Back in 2000, I went to go visit Lakewood Church. And I was so excited because, man, I felt like the Lord touched me. And, and I was still having some issues with things I was doing outside the church. But, man, I was there every Sunday. I was there every Wednesday. I, I, I joined a, 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 a men's group. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to become an usher. They need ushers, volunteers. And I just wanted to be part of the church. 
And I got my application, and I was so excited. I took it home Sunday after lunch, and I'm filling it out, and I'm excited. Boy, I'm going to be a man. They're going to look at this dude like, man, Ben, you used to be, but man, what are you doing at the church with your tie and everything, right? And then it got to the part, have you ever been molested? Yep, I'm done with this. All right, want to watch a movie? Y'all want to go out? Y'all want to go do something? That was the end of that. I didn't want to talk to nobody about that. Because nobody ever knew. The only person that I really opened my heart and talked to about that was that young lady right there. But I don't want to talk to nobody about that. What are, what are, them, what are them Christians at the church going to think about telling them that? They already see me as a good dude. What's up, Brother Ben? Brother Ben? Brother Ben's cool. What are they going to think about telling them? Heck no, I'm not telling nobody. That's my little secret. And so therefore, nothing ever became. I continued to just hide that thing and I continued to be somebody I wasn't. Somebody God had never intended me to be. Amen. Amen. So you lock this thing up. Right? Causing you to become someone you're not. Burying this thing. I refuse to talk to somebody about it. What are they going to think? I'm going to bury myself behind this, behind that. Right? But that's not really being a tough person. That's not really saying I got it all together. That's actually weakness. Ain't that something? I'm thinking that I'm being tough, but on the contrary, I'm being weak. Yeah. And vulnerability might sound weak, but on the contrary, it's being strong. That's good. Amen. Vulnerability is strength. Vulnerability, watch this, y'all, is facing that thing right in the face. That thing that scares you the most. And y'all want to know what that thing is? Vulnerability is facing yourself. Come on now. My biggest issues was with nobody else around me. I don't care. I could have blamed it on her and him and that and this and this situation and what happened. At the end of the day, it was with me. It was with me. I was a broken little boy in this grown man's body. And the issue was with me. Facing myself. Last Wednesday, Pastor Amelia said, confront your fear. Pastor Levi said, look at it. Speak to it. Stalk it. Don't let it stalk you. Amen. Truth is, everyone has an awful secret. Or secrets. Everyone is afraid that they will be rejected. If they express the truth about themselves. I know I was. Right? We've all done things in our past that we ain't happy and proud of. But that's the thing. When one person decides to act in courage. Right? In even the smallest way. Watch this. If we decide to act in courage. Right? We can impact another person in a huge way. When we decide to let ourselves be seen in a way that is raw and real and risky, we are therefore empowering someone else to do that same thing. When I first met Pastor Levi and Pastor Lori, one of the things I really, really loved, I mean, that was right off the top, man, was their, their genuine, they're so genuine, they're so, they're true. I never, ever, ever, I've seen some fake people, and I just never got that from these folks. They never came across fake. I remember one time, um, 
they had a, I think it was a couple's thing. I think that's the first time my wife met him. I was so excited because now me and her are married, man, so legally she can get into these couple things with me before I had to try to <laughs> before I had to try to sneak her in the back door to these couples events. And now we coming in the front door, baby. Me and my wife. Me and my wife walking in there. Front door. VIP season. And all the way, I'm like, man, babe, I can't wait for you to meet the Levites. Come on, hurry up, babe. I want to sit in the front row. You got to meet him. You got to meet him, babe. Come on, hurry. Love these people. They're my favorite in the world. You got to meet him. You got to meet him, man. Pastor Levi's my man. And we get there. <laughs> and they go on with their, um, with their uh, sermon. And they kind of tag team. Pastor Levi spoke a little bit. Pastor Lori spoke. And they went back and forth. It was really cool. You know, they had all the tables set up. We were all G'd up from the feet up, looking fly. <laughs> Pastor Levi says something about they had a big fight when they lived in Umbu. And he says, he says, yep, yep, that's right. And uh, I forget what month it was. And he said something along the lines of, man, it looked like Christmas lights, Christmas tree lights out there. I had them red and red and blue lights all over my front yard. <laughs> the law showed up. Not just one car, it was a bunch of cars. <laughs> And then he says, and we were Christians. And I was like, what? But me, I was like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You see, that brother right there, he just told us, man, that he's a, he's a leader. He's preaching. But something happened. Him and mama got into a fight. And it got so loud that, you know, maybe the neighbor, somebody called the cops. But that was real. That was genuine. That empowered me somehow. That let me know that as a Christian, I ain't got to be fake. There's times when I'm going to make a mistake. And you know what? And it's okay to talk about it. And it's okay to get back up and be like, yeah, I messed up. But you know what? Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I repent. Say, some, say sorry to people. Move on. You know? And so I went home that night and got into a fight with her. Now I'm saying. <laughs> I've been holding back, baby, because I'm a Christian. But I'm going to let you have it now. <laughs> nah. Pastor empowered me. Nah. <laughs> but I remember my wife, my wife's relationship, my wife, when she said that, her response was different. Oh, no. Oh, nah, baby, nah. What was going on in there? How could they go up? She, she just thought, how could, again, you got to understand from where my wife grew up, she came, she grew up UPC. And all over there, it's all about an image. You come in that church looking most expensive clothes, cars, you better act like you got something happening. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Now, back behind closed doors, it was bad. But in the front of the people, hey, brother, hey, sister, perfect. Top-notch Christians right there. And so that's what she knew. So when she sees this couple come that says that they're leaders, they're ministers. Heck, they're ministering to us, to our church. They weren't invited to our, at the church where we were at at the time. She's like, what? But why would they know, Ben? No, I'm like, but that's awesome, right? Like, that's awesome. They're being real. They're being real. She's like, no, but why would they do that? Like, they can't just put all their stuff out there, you know? And now she, she like, just like me, we, we appreciate that, that realness, that rawness. You know, and I think a lot of people nowadays, that's, what, that's what's needed. You know, I, we, me and my wife did a skit um, over there. And um, it was a very powerful skit. 
In the skit, I overdosed. In the skit, I act like I was drinking alcohol, but it was apple juice. It was a very strong skit, very empowering skit. It really touched some people. It really did because, you know, people deal with certain things behind closed doors. People were in tears. It was so powerful. But then there were some people that didn't didn't like that. Well, 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 what is people going to think about the church? Excuse me? Well, what do you mean? People don't have problems, alcohol problems or drug problems. So what are we trying to do here? We ain't playing church. That's real life stuff going on out there. And we're supposed to be the church helping people out. Right? So that's what it looks like. If, If we decide to take courage, right, and let ourselves be seen in a way that is raw and real and risky, then therefore we are empowering someone else uh, to do the same thing. And opening up opportunities for them to grow and to become into who God says they are. And to who God really wants them to be. How, how did I become the person that I'm becoming? Who I am now and who I'm still becoming. It, because this big old tough guy had to walk up to the, to the, to the, to the um, altar and stand there. And swallow my pride and my ego and say, man, God, I'm sorry, man. I had to become vulnerable. I had to take the courage to open up my heart and speak of what was going on with me. I hate who I've become, God. I've been this and I've been this and I've messed that up and I've messed this up and I did this and I did that and I'm tired of it. But they're telling me that you give, that you give and take life away. They're telling me that, that you can save me, you can change my life. Well, here I am. Let's do it. So it took me becoming vulnerable, decreasing, so to speak, so that he may increase in me. It took me overcoming that fear that kept me there. The fear of rejection. The fear of what are people going to think. Because fear, that's what kept me bound there. In essence, I'm walking around looking like I'm something, but fear kept me bound there. So then I had to be courageous. I had to be vulnerable. I had to become vulnerable. Be courageous enough to open up and talk about it. To open up and release it. Like Pastor said, to look at that thing straight in the eye. Well, now that I got you here, fear. Now that I got you here, thing. We're going to talk about this. I ain't running no more. You've been stalking me for way too long. Had me ducking and hiding. Losing this and losing that. Running from this city to that city. Thinking I was going to outrun you. You showed up right there on the scene. Well, I ain't running no more. It's me and you right here. Let's just duke it out. Not being bound and tormented by the enemy. That's what God wants us to do. The Bible calls Satan the accuser of the brethren in Revelations 12 and 20, saying that he accuses us before our God day and night. In Matthew 4 and 3, we see him as the tempter, that he comes and tempts Jesus. In John 4, 8 8 and 44, Jesus calls him a murderer and a liar and the father of all lies. So, in closing... What would your life what what would your life look like if you decided to give up some fears? What would it look like 
if you were courageous. Now y'all know the definition of courageous where it comes from. I'm not talking about being courageous like, oh, I'm big, I'm bad. But if you become vulnerable, what would it look like, Luciano, (coughs) Yesenia, Alex? What would our lives look like if we could just be real? Really, really real and just say, Lord, you know what, look, man, I'm tired of this, man. Man, you know I struggle with this. There it is. You knew I've been struggling with it this whole time, but this is what I do, man. And I'm tired of it. What if we had the courage to do that? Husbands, what if we had the courage to speak with our wives about something that we might be struggling with? Wives, what if we had the courage to speak to our husbands? We learned in marriage class this Sunday that sometimes, sometimes we might have some conversations with our spouses that we don't want to have. Sometimes... They might want to share something with the husbands that, "Ah, I don't really care to hear all that, but it's necessary. i got to hear that. That's being courageous. It's not the fear that keeps them there. See, it's the fear. The fear will keep them there. What is my husband going to think? I can't tell my wife that, man. It's no way in the world. Man, I want to talk to pastor, but I couldn't talk to pastor about that. All these years I've been serving pastor, and then all of a sudden I have to come at him with this? What is he going to think of me? Right? What are they going to think of me? That's the fear that will keep you there. But the courage is to open up and be vulnerable and say, Hey, man, can I talk to you? Can I just be real with you? Can I have this one-on-one with you? Can I have this one-on-one with you? What would your life look like if you overcame that fear? If you gave that fear up? If you faced it like Pastor said and like my wife said, head on and said, Man, no more. The bug stops here. I know what mine and my wife, what our lives ha- uh, look like. I know we're falling in love with who we're becoming in Christ. Amen. A long time ago, I was, um, me and my wife were there talking. It was just a regular afternoon. We weren't ministering to each other. We were just having a conversation. And all of a sudden, boom. She's happy. She's a happy girl. She's, she's a great mom. She's a great wife. She's everything. It's good. Everybody loves Sister Amelia. She's preaching. She's teaching. She's phenomenal. But there was this fear inside of her. With her mom. So she's doing all those things. And then we're having a conversation one day. Just me and her in the living room. And I looked at her and I said, baby. You're going to have to let that thing go right here right now to God. And boy, it was hard. You remember that, babe? And she said, man, Ben, but it's because you don't understand. Man, I'm so mad. So she could have gone. All them, like, y'all heard all the things she, she was doing. So I don't know if my wife was like, you know, I don't want to. I can't go to pastor with this. What are they going to think about me? I can't think of my husband. I can't tell. Who, what are they going to think? So that fear kept her there. God really wants the truth Shall make us free. God wants us to walk around free. And I think the freedom comes here. When the Lord sets, our, sets us free here, we're no longer bound. We're just walking really, really and truly free. That's why there's people that I've met personally when I've gone to the prisons that are locked up, physically locked up, but are walking about more free in there than some people walking around in so-called freedom out here. That's right. Because they're free in their minds. They might be serving a 25, 30 year life sentence. But they're free in their mind because they've been freed there. 
They're not bound anymore. Some people walk around the free world, supposedly, but they're still bound by some things. So, again, what would it look like if you gave up that fear? What would it look like if you became courageous? Right? Now that you know the root word and where courageous comes from, is basically being vulnerable. Being open before the Lord. Say no more. No more. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's all I got. That was awesome.